peoples of the Worldwide Federated Internet. What's good? Is it weird that I'm kind of getting sad that we're coming to the end of the book of Genesis? I actually have enjoyed going through this book a lot. And there's a lot of things I've learned as a result of going through the book of Genesis like this. And I think I'm going to try this with a, a few other books. Not saying that I've been extremely successful doing this with this book but i don't know if i'm gonna be as successful with other books so without further ado genesis chapter 48 let's get into this and it came to pass after these things that one told joseph behold thy father is sick and he took with him his two sons Manasseh and Ephraim. And one told Jacob and said, Behold, thy son Joseph cometh unto thee. And Israel strengthened himself and sat upon the bed. And Jacob said unto Joseph, God Almighty appeared unto me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me. And said unto me, Behold, I will make I will make thee fruitful and multiply thee, and I will make thee of uh, and I will make of thee multiple a multitude of people, excuse me, stumbling over my words, and will give this land to thy seed after thee for an everlasting possession. And now Thy two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, which were born unto thee in the land of Egypt, before I came unto thee into Egypt, are mine, as Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. So he is, he's establishing that Joseph's sons are, are part of this promise of making Jacob a multitude of people. Verse 6, And thy issue, which thou begettest after them, shall be thine, and shall be called after the name of their brethren in their inheritance. And as for me, when I came from Pedon, Rachel died by me in the land of Canaan, in the way, uh, when yet there was but a little way to come unto Ephrath, and I buried her there in the land of Ephrath. The same is Bethlehem. So this is where Rachel was buried. And what does that word Ephrath mean there in verse 7? I always hate when I do this like while I'm recording. I don't think about it beforehand. But anyway, that word Ephrath 
means ash heap. I think I did. I think I did look this up before. I forgot about it. Place of fruitfulness. And Bethlehem, the word here, means house of bread. Interesting. Um, and Israel beheld Joseph's sons and said, Who are these? And Joseph said unto his father, They are my sons, whom God hath given me in this place. And he, and he said, Bring them, I pray thee, unto me, and I will bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were dim for age, so that he could not see, and he brought them near unto him, and he kissed them and embraced them. And Israel said unto Joseph, I had not thought to see thy face, and lo, God hath shown me, has showed me also thy seed. So it's interesting that he thought he would never even get to see Joseph again. Not only did he see Joseph, but he also saw his grandchildren born to Joseph. And it's kind of funny how we live out fears within our mind that sometimes never come to fruition, but the way in which we live, you would think those fears are a definite thing. And oftentimes God does exceeding and abundantly above all that we could ask or think, as the New Testament says. Uh, verse 12, and Joseph brought them out from between his knees and he bowed himself with his face to the earth. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim, in his right hand toward Israel, uh, toward Israel's left hand and Manasseh in his left hand hand toward Israel's right hand and he brought them near unto him and Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it upon Ephraim's head who was the younger and and his left hand upon Manasseh's head guiding his hand wittingly from uh, Manasseh his was the firstborn um so he's putting his hand to bless the uh the youngest child and joseph is about to let him know hey hold up now nah, that's 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 the youngest here's the oldest over here and he blessed joseph and said god before whom my father abraham and isaac did walk the god which fed me all my life all my life long unto this day now listen to what he said there oftentimes we forget the minute details of life. Oftentimes we have this, this idea in our heads as though the things that we've accomplished, the things that we've done, the things that we've achieved, we've done this of our own, like of our own will. Like we will these things to happen right here. Uh, um, Jacob is recognizing that, I would not have even eaten any day in my life, every day in my life, had it not been for the provision of God. Let's read that again. And he blessed Joseph and said, God, before whom my father Abraham and Isaac did walk, the God which fed me all my life long unto this day. 
the angel which redeemed me from all evil. Bless the lads and let my name be named on them. And the name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. And now Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand upon the head of Ephraim and it displeased him. And he held up his father's hand and removed it from Ephraim's head unto Manasseh's head. And Joseph said unto his father, Not so, my father, this is the firstborn. Put thy right hand upon his head. And his father refused and said, I know it, my son, I know it. He also shall become a people, and he also shall be great. But truly, his younger brother shall be greater than he, and his seed shall become a multitude of nations. Now, I don't, I don't really understand the ins and outs of that interaction uh, specifically and particularly, and I'm not going to pretend to understand it. Again, as I always say, I'm sure there's some smart theologians out there that that have looked deeper into this to break down why he blessed the younger and uh, first instead of blessing the older. And I wonder, I wonder how much that has to do with with what happened in Jacob's youth supplanting his brother for the birthright. I wonder, and I wonder what that means looking forward. Now, I know some of you smart theologians, as I always say, are probably listening to the video like, you don't know this? Come on, man. Look, there's a lot I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to front with you like I know everything. There's some things I know, and there's some things I don't. And this is one of those things that I plan on coming back to the book of Genesis and looking into a little more thoroughly. Maybe I'll do a video on that study. Probably will. And he blessed them that day saying, In thee shall Israel bless, uh, saying, God make thee as Ephraim and as Manasseh. And he set Ephraim before Manasseh. And Israel said unto Joseph, Behold, I die. But God shall be with you and bring you again into the land of your fathers. Moreover, I have given to thee one portion above my brethren, which I took out of the hand of the Amorite with my sword and with my bow. What's, what's funny about, not, not funny in a ha-ha sense, but funny in, in the difference between the way the world sees biblical things and the way believers see biblical things is I, I, I saw a video where an atheist was giving commentary on this section of Genesis, these couple chapters, and I guess he thought he had a contradiction because God told uh, Jacob that he would bring him again out of the land of Egypt and Jacob died here. And it's clear, like th this is my thing about people who bring up alleged contradictions in the Bible. There's some things that are hard to be understood. There's some things that you can go and explain from the Bible, but they always go to the, it, it seems people go to the simplest of things. It's like clearly God was making reference to bringing his lineage back up out of the land 
of Egypt. And you can see that if you read further on through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, you could, this is clear, right? Like I, I, the first time I read through that, I understood exactly what was being said. That's just a side note. But anyway, is it was really, it was really crazy to me reading through this whole account and just seeing how God dealt with Jacob, how God dealt with his sons, how Joseph maintained his faith, even though he was ridiculed, he was mocked, he was thrown in a pit. His brothers didn't want to accept how he interpreted the visions. And yet he stayed and remained faithful. And exactly what he said was going to come to pass came to pass. To me, that's that's it's encouraging because you see in action the end result of faithfulness. And it doesn't always look good in the midst. Right. And again, I don't I don't like to superimpose things onto individuals or New Testament times from the Old Testament. But the Bible does say these things are our examples. We have different examples of different things within these passages, within these verses. And one of the things we see here, again, is the end result of faithfulness. I want to keep that in mind for my life's journey moving forward. Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people. <laughs>